Welcome to this episode of the Structural Engineering Channel Podcast, a podcast focused on helping structural engineering professionals stay up to date on technical trends in the field and also to help them to succeed in their careers and lives. In this episode, we are excited to introduce a new co-host for the podcast, and we're also going to cover a special topic in honor of January being National Mentorship Month. We're going to talk all about mentorship how to find a mentor as a structural engineer, and how to become a great mentor, and also how mentorship programs can help companies grow. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Fasano. I am a licensed professional engineer who practiced as an engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. And my co-host is Matthew Picardle, also a licensed engineer, practicing on structural projects in California with an undergraduate degree from Cal Poly Pomona and an MS in Structural Engineering from UC San Diego. Matt also hosts the YouTube channel Structural Engineering Life, through which he promotes the structural engineering profession to engineering students and young professionals that are not familiar with the industry perspective. Now, before we jump into today's episode, this is a free show and our sponsors help us keep it free So we ask that you please support them. And now I'd like to recognize our first sponsor for the episode, CSI. Computers and Structures, Inc. is recognized globally as the pioneering leader in software tools for structural and earthquake engineering. Software from CSI is used by thousands of engineering firms in over 160 countries for the design of major projects. CSI software is backed by more than four decades of research and development making it the trusted choice of sophisticated design professionals everywhere. Listen up later in the show where I will tell you more about their great software packages and how they can help you. Just to kind of intro this episode, I just want to go back to kind of the beginning of this podcast. Matt Picardle and I started this podcast a few months ago now, and it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. I've hosted the Civil Engineering Podcast for a few years now and another podcast before that. And because I started my career as a structural engineer, I always wanted to do a structural engineering focused podcast, but it's been a while since I've practiced as a structural engineer. And so while I found Matt to be a co-host to get this podcast launched, I knew that we really needed to find another engineer kind of practicing in the structural world to really, you know, make it the best possible podcast for structural engineers. We believe that we found that engineer and her name is Alexis Clark. Alexis is a licensed professional engineer in Texas, and she leads the engagement strategy for the structural engineering community of Hilti, North America. I met Alexis through the podcast, actually. I've had her on the Civil Podcast and on the Structural Podcast way back when, and I've kind of met her at a couple conferences. She's great. She's going to be a a dynamic co-host to work with Matt. She has done so much for the community in terms of technical trainings, continuing education, and really the development of fastening products, uh, software, and services in her role at Hilti. She's spoken at various industry conferences and is soon to be published in Structure Magazine. Her involvement in the industry goes beyond the technical contribution as well by serving the local, state, and national levels of ASCE and empowering, really empowering. I mean, she does great work in trying to inspire the next generation to really pursue and succeed in STEM fields through her work as a concrete canoe judge, as a tenured mentor for the ACE Mentoring Program, and as president of the board of directors for the Girls Interested in Engineering, Math, and Science, or GEMS, camp in Texas. I mean, she's just a dynamic personality, 
I've been lucky to get to know her a little bit since we've interviewed her. And I'm absolutely thrilled that she's agreed to co-host the show going forward. So it will really be her and Matt for the most part from here on out. And I'll, I'll come in and out occasionally, but I'm going to let her introduce herself in a moment here as we get further into this episode. And again, we do want to start this kind of partnership here with Alexis by focusing on a topic that's important to her. And that's also, again, it's National Mentorship Month. So we're going to talk about mentoring. Let's start right now. All right. So to start this episode off, we are very excited to welcome our new co-host to the podcast, Alexis Clark. Alexis, welcome on board. We're excited to have you on the Structural Engineering Channel podcast as a host. And I'd love for you to kind of tell our listeners a little bit about your career as a structural engineer so far. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you guys for welcoming to the podcast. I'm really excited to be here. I actually started uh, as a civil engineering student in college, like most of us, and I was in Concrete Canoe. I became a Concrete Canoe captain, and I fell in love with concrete. So any other Concrete Canoe alumni out there, I understand your passion. I uh, went into bridge design in my senior year of college, and I had a blast doing it, and I really enjoyed it. But the best part of my day was turning around and talking to my colleagues about what it was we were doing. So I recognized that maybe a path in design wasn't for me. I was fortunate to join Hilti North America. Uh, many people know us as the anchor people or the people who put out Profis. I joined as a field engineer, as I mentioned, and I did that for four years, kind of as a specialist a consultant to help different structural design engineers with special connections. Most people would recognize those as post-installed anchors or uh, like a powder-actuated fastener. In my most recent role, I was the structural engineering trade manager for all of North America, all of the US and Canada. And my role was really to engage with the structural engineering community. So I did that by developing products, software, services through Hilti that helped us kind of engage with the structural engineering community. And in that path, I have been very involved with NCSEA, ASCE, SEI, the Structural Engineering Institute. I am on the National Committee for Structures Congress. I am very, very active. I've been a presenter and speaker at both conferences uh, as well as some others. Um, also, NASCC, if you've been to the Steel Conference, I developed technical continuing education. And I most recently wrote an article for Structure Mag that'll be coming out in April 2020, if you guys want to keep an eye out for that one. And as you can hear, these are the reasons that we invited Alexis to become part of this podcast because she is really, really involved in the industry and she's just brought a lot to the table in terms of some of our planning and, and show planning and topics and guests. And so we're, we're thrilled to have you, Alexis, and we're excited to grow the podcast with you. I think Alexis is going to be great just because it kind of just brings... Um, for me, I'm definitely more on the, the technical side, but it's good to see that, hey, there's a lot of fields to structural engineering and you don't have, just have to go into this very narrow technical designing things. There's a lot of things that you can do in the field of structural engineering. Yeah, for sure. And Alexis is very, also very active in the structural engineering industry, as is Matt. And I think that's going to be kind of a winning combination in terms of doing work technically, but also getting out there in the community with organizations like SCI that we've talked about before and in other organizations. So we are excited to kind of continue to grow the podcast together and 
bring you the best information to help you in your career as structural engineering professionals. And with that, along those lines, the topic that we want to focus on here today is the topic of mentorship. Mentorship is something from my work with a lot of engineers and in my own career as an engineer, I know that it's something that can have a monumental impact in terms of your professional development and where you go in your career. So we're going to have a little discussion around mentorship here, and I'm going to kind of pepper Matt and Alexis with some questions around some stories from their careers and some strategies that you can take. And this goes for really structural engineering professionals of all experience levels, because for my opinion, you can always use a mentor or you can become a mentor or both. And so we're going to kind of look at both sides of that. And, and just to kick it off, my own thoughts on mentorship in terms of what a mentor is that I'll share and get some and I'd like to hear Matt and Alexis as well, is, is really like someone that can help you in your career in terms of guiding you towards your goals. I always think in my career of you know making sure that I have really clear goals that I'm focused on and on like a quarterly basis. And you know, having a mentor or mentors, they can help kind of to push you in the direction of those goals. Or when you get stuck, you can ask for advice. That's kind of how I think of a mentor. What are your thoughts on just mentorship in general, Alexis? I think mentorship is such a powerful tool that's often kind of um, made into something cheesy or cliche, like, oh, well, you should have a mentor to really help you develop in your career. And I think when I was younger, I thought of it as this fairy tale, ambiguous relationship that was supposed to get you to the next level. And it seemed kind of intangible. And as I've continued to develop in my career, I've recognized someone that I thought was really fascinating and someone that I wanted to learn from. And that's really what a mentorship should be, is the ability to learn from someone who's been there, done that, has a different perspective, and someone who can provide some outside insight that you wouldn't be able to have accessed if you were just relying on yourself. And Matt, how about you? Why do you think mentorship or having a mentor is important as an engineer? For me... I think one of the issues that I had as an engineer was thinking I could figure everything out for myself because, you know, I typically thought of myself as like, yeah, I can figure this out. But, you know, there were times where I struggled and I just hit a stopping block and I just tried to bulldoze through it and it wouldn't get me anywhere. But that's when I started asking for help, you know, and that's when I really saw the value of, of mentorship, asking for help in my career or even some problems that I'd be going through. There's no reason why you can't just ask for help if you know where your goals are and you know where you want to go, I think a mentor is someone that will help you get there quicker. Like it doesn't mean that you can't figure it out yourself, but if you have a mentor that knows what they're doing or that has been there or, or is doing it already, they can shave you a lot of um, headache and it's, they kind of just help you become who you want to be and at a lot quicker pace than you doing it alone. Because of course you don't have to recreate the wheel. I love that. I totally agree. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking about like all the times when my kids come up to me and say, Dad, can you fix this? And I always say to them, of course I can fix it. I'm an engineer. And like, I'll take it and like mess around with it for a couple hours. And my, my older daughter's like, Dad, we could just go on YouTube and like watch a video. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> probably right. You know, so you're right though. I think as an engineer, sometimes, you know, we're very learned. Like we like to, we know that we've gone through a lot of schooling and we really feel that we have the ability to solve any problem. And most likely we can, but you know, but to Matt's point, having a mentor can shave off a lot of time in terms of your development. You know, if you want to get your license and you're going in and you're going to prepare to get your license, it would really help you to sit down and have a conversation with someone else who recently went through the process and can, you know, point you in the direction maybe a little bit quicker. So that's a great point. 
if you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't really understand what the mentoring relationship looks like in terms of the forms of mentorship or how it can happen, from my experience, really, it's just someone that you talk to on a regular basis. And really, there could be different kinds of mentors, formal, informal. But some of the best mentoring experience I've had is where I'll meet with someone just on a regular basis. It even could be once a month. And it could be a quick phone call. You don't have to be in the same office with them. And it could just be, you know, this is what I'm working on. I could really use your advice on this. Or last month, you told me to try to do this. And I did this. And this is the results. And so someone that you can kind of like reach out to on a regular basis. And you can have these informal relationships where you just have this person, you know, those people that you call, like when you need help. But I have found just in like working and coaching with a lot of engineers that having some consistent mentors is very, very helpful for you because it's accountability essentially. And it forces you to like do things on a regular basis in your career and check back in with people and get guidance. And kind of to that end, I'd like to ask both Matt and Alexis here to, to give us maybe a story about one of your mentorship stories or a mentor that's been helpful for you in your career. And Matt, why don't you go first on this one? My philosophy is to just have mentors in whatever field uh, that you're in. I consider my project managers and the principals at my office. I have a good relationship with them and I definitely consider them mentors. So they're definitely my work and technical uh, mentors that teach me about structural engineering. And that's great for structural engineering, but I've also had and actively looked at like uh, I joined a mentorship program where I was the mentee. It was just last year. It was an ASCE uh, a program. And that's where I actually found like an out-of-office mentor, which I thought was beneficial just because it's an unbiased opinion, you know? So just talking to him about finances, uh, career advancements, uh, any problems that I would have at work, like doing an interview process, and I would ask him what he thinks about what his process is when he's interviewing people. It was basically, I could ask him anything on his life philosophies. And I think for me, I got a lot of core values out of that from his perspective and how he treats people, how he views uh, business and whatnot. And that's something that you know I couldn't really get just by sitting in the office. I think just getting his unbiased opinion on career growth and even looking at business development and building relationships, that was something that was really beneficial to me. And that was more of an official uh, mentorship program. We'd meet up like every month and just have dinner and just talk about whatever I had problems with. So that really beneficial for me, just having both of those mentors. That's awesome. How about you, Alexis? So I think when a lot of us think about mentorship, we think of this cultivated, strategic, uh, frequent cadence of meeting with someone that is similar to us or someone that has uh, achieved a career level that we aspire to meet. And that is absolutely a very common form of mentorship that can be really beneficial. But I think one of the most impactful mentorships that just immediately actually comes to my mind is one that I didn't expect. And it wasn't this intense, intimate, formal, structured meeting that I had. Uh, it was actually in my first year at Hilti when I was a field engineer. And at the time, I was quite the youngest field engineer and I felt very inexperienced. And I was kind of fumbling my way through my first job out of college and you know trying to learn learn the ropes a little bit. I was actually shocked because it was one of the sales regional managers who pulled me aside after this monthly meeting we had. He said, you know, I'd really like to go have lunch with you. We should talk. I was a little bit like, okay, well, you know, I'm not really sure what you'd want to talk to me about. You're in sales and I'm in engineering. How, how could we have anything in common? And, you know, he and I knew each other. We'd worked together on a few occasions on specific projects. And in our conversation, he said, you know, I see something really special in you and I am impressed with 
what the work that you've done thus far. I know you're a 23 year old who's trying to figure it all out and it's okay to not have it figured out today, but I see something special and I want to help you move forward. And I won't dive into how much more that developed, but it was so useful to even just have someone older and wiser and more experienced kind of recognize, Hey, I see you're trying hard. I see you're ambitious and I want to help you get to that next level. And he's kind of always been a touch point. We are in very different industries now. And even now I maybe meet with him once a year and we just, it's this nice little touch point to come back to, to kind of see where the growth has been. It's almost like measuring yourself against a wall. You think, oh man, I haven't really grown that much since last year. And then you come back to that touch point and you say, oh man, I've really come a long way. It's nice because he's someone that I get to celebrate those wins with. And now that we're, our age gap has closed a little bit now that we've both matured in the field it's kind of nice because we're almost like peer mentors to one another at this point. So I think it's also cool that mentorship can evolve into something that's not necessarily mentor mentee, but to where you can also be a peer mentor as well. I agree that someone may start as your mentor, you know, become a friend, advisor, who knows, supervisor, things can change. But I think having those touch points and having people to reach out to, as you can hear both from Matt and Alexis can be extremely valuable. And now that we've kind of understand or have made clear the benefits of finding a mentor in your career, Alexis, how can you actually find this person? I mean, we've talked about how beneficial it can be. You both gave examples, but there might be listeners saying, well, all this sounds great, but you know, how can I really identify someone who can be my mentor? I think the easiest way for us to identify a mentor, at least when you're first starting out in trying to establish a mentorship relationship the first path is saying, what are my personal objectives? What are the things that I want to accomplish in the next 5, 10, 20 years? And even if that changes, that's perfectly fine. But if you have a goal that you're moving towards, you can kind of identify some people who have been on a similar path or who have achieved what it is you're you're striving to achieve. It's always useful to find someone who seems like an ally or someone who's going to go to bat for you if you are close enough with them. And it's also okay to find someone who has a very different background from you or a very different perspective. If you knew, if there's a buddy of mine and he and I do not always see eye to eye, but he's one of my favorite people to go to as an advisor because he's going to tell me what I need to hear when I need to hear it. So I think when you're trying to identify your first mentor, what's really important is it's someone that you earnestly want to learn from and that you want to gain their insight. So the first mentor that I ever approached, I directly called them and I said, look, I think you're amazing at what you do. I really admire the path and the tenacity you have. I kind of was grateful for the fact that they took the call and that we had the opportunity to speak and that I had worked with them in the past. And I said, because of these things, these specific things that I admire about your character and your work ethic, I think there's a lot that I could learn from you. And I'd like to set up something in which uh, some kind of situation in which you and I can exchange either my development program or some of the things that you would have liked to know at my age or in my stage of development, um, help me not to fight this battle on my own. And I think if you identify someone who fits that bill, you'll be amazed at how willing they are to be generous with their time and with their energy and with sharing their experience. And Matt, Alexis gave a good example there of finding someone and and reaching out to them. And I know for you, you've become active in ASCE, SEI. Maybe you can talk a little bit how just about being involved in these associations can kind of open the doors to potential mentors. Because if you don't have that person close to you or in your firm or your area, you're going to have to look somewhere else. And how have you found the networking part of that? 
In terms of finding mentors, I think the obvious place is, like you said, finding someone at work that you resonate with. For me, it was just asking them out to lunch for work and finding someone that I resonate with and that likes to be helpful to me. But if you can't find that at work, and I think the next step is to go to your organizations and see who's out there. And it really does open up the opportunities for networking just by being involved in like ASCE, SEI, or your local you know, engineering um, organization. I mean, there's a lot of experienced engineers are there and they already have the attitude of, of helping people out or else they wouldn't be <laughs> in those types of organizations. So definitely like if I ever wanted to just ask any of them for help, they're, they're just so willing to help me out or just like asking them out for lunch. There's a lot less um, rejection, I guess. Like, you know, when you ask someone. <laughs> it's a more comfortable atmosphere to be. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot more comfortable, especially if you see them at meetings, you know, and then you've already built that kind of relationship and just asking them out to be like, hey, can I talk to you about my career for lunch or something like that? It's a lot easier to do that if you're involved in the organization. And just being even more formal, the easier way is actually a lot of these organizations now are having official mentorship programs out there. And, you know, ASCE and I think some of the structural engineering organizations out there also. So it's becoming more and more of a thing. So if not, you could probably even start one if you don't have one in your local area. But there is a need for mentorship. And I think a lot of these professional organizations are getting that and they're implementing that in, in their programs as well. I think that's such a fantastic point, Matt, that, is that these different organizations are bringing forth these formal mentorship programs. And it's because there's demand for it when they reach out to their membership and they say, what is it that you need from us to you know, be a, a worthwhile investment of your time as an organization? Mentorship comes up so frequently with our young engineers. And to be fair, there's also a lot of tenured engineers who want to give back and who want someone I think especially as we see um, older generations start to kind of fade out into a consulting nature or um, are kind of a special project person or are on their way to retirement, they have this entire knowledge base and all of these years of experience and they want to find someone to pour that experience into so that that knowledge hasn't been lost. And I think too, something that has become, that has changed a little bit over the years is to Matt's point, both of you making the point that these mentoring programs are a little bit more readily available now through the ASCEs and other professional associations. And so, you know, where in the past, it may have been more difficult to find a mentor, which is not much you could do about, of course, as the the mentee. But now that it's becoming so much easier, really the onus, I think, is on, you know, you as the engineer. I mean, the channels and the avenues are there for you. You need to take the time, realize the importance of mentoring, and then take the time to enroll in one of these programs and follow through. That's the great thing is that there are channels that are now available because it, it was something that was needed and it was recognized and now they're making it available. And the other thing that I'll just say too, in terms of before we switch gears and talk a little bit about being a mentor is the last point on having a mentor is, you know, they're dedicating their time for you and they're most likely very busy people. So I think it's always important to be very respectful of their time and thankful of their time and if you have a meeting with them, kind of goes without saying to show up on time and be there. But again, just being thankful and respectful and you know, maybe taking them out to lunch as a thank you or something, just to be very respectful because it is one of the challenges I think that I've heard from younger engineers 
is that they've had difficulty finding someone just that has the time to kind of help them and sit with them. So if you do have someone that's willing to do that, definitely be grateful for it and and certainly uh, express your gratitude. Let's switch gears here now to kind of wrap this conversation up. We've talked a lot about mentorship and really from the angle of finding a mentor for yourself, but there are a tremendous amount of benefits just the same as becoming a mentor and giving back and, and guiding people. I found that in mentoring people, it really helps you with your own leadership development as well because you're giving guidance, you're helping others, you're having to kind of communicate in that way. There are a lot of benefits to that. So, Alexis, if you are someone out there who's maybe ready to become a mentor, what are some things that they can do to try to find the right person that they can mentor? I think there are two options here. I think the first option is to do less work. (laughs) If you are a busy mentor or a busy uh, potential mentor, you may want to find your local organization, just like Matt mentioned, that offers a formal structured program where you can then submit your information, some of your experience and your history, and then they can match you up with someone who has the need to be mentored with someone with your experience and with your particular um, unique characteristics. If you are on the hunt within your organization to, to find someone to mentor, or if you're just generous benefactor and you just want to you know spread your, your experience as far as you can, I would say that it's really easy to find a possible mentee within the circles that you already run. I have had the opportunity to serve as a mentor to several uh, young engineers within Hilti, and I've really, really enjoyed that process. And it can be something as informal as recognizing someone who has a passion for what they're doing or a specific talent, or maybe there's something about them that reminds you of your struggling young self self when you first entered the workforce. And I think something that always piques my interest is when I I see a young engineer or young person who's joined our company who asks the right questions, because that shows to me a level of curiosity and ambition that you don't see in just every person who walks into your organization. And so that's usually someone who I will ask, hey, do you want to grab coffee? Usually coffee is kind of like the entry-level mentorship with the people that I've worked with before. So we'll usually go grab a coffee. And during that time, I kind of get to know them a little bit more, ask specifically about their ambitions and what they think the next five to 10 years has in store for them, some of the things they want to accomplish. And then we work from there. I think it's always important when you are identifying someone to not find someone who reminds you just of yourself every single time, because we do, of course, always believe that diversity of thought is going to generate the most fantastic outcome when we have diverse teams and a a different perspective. So if you do start to more commonly or more frequently mentor various mentees, I'd make sure that you have a diversity of mentees that you can also learn from and learn from their different perspectives. The diversity point is is important. I think sometimes just by nature or by comfort level, we tend to gravitate towards people that have a lot of similarities to us. It's like one of those things you go to a networking event with a couple of people from your office and you end up standing next to them and talking to them the whole time and that kind of kind of defeats the purpose. So I think that applies here as well, as Alexa said. And really, when you talk to people that are kind of really different from you, it really changes your perspective and you can learn a lot of different things. Matt, what thoughts do you have on the other side of the coin in offering mentorship? In offering mentorship, you know, I've never really been asked. It was more of, well, let's say, I guess not officially, but I can just see them like asking question. And then I ask them more questions to kind of like what Alexis is does that when asking for coffee, kind of asking them about 
what their careers are and what their aspirations are and seeing how I can help. And if I do help, for me, it's usually for the people that I see personally, it's it's more of a, I guess, informal, like we'll go have lunch or something and just asking about their career and how I can help them and what their thoughts are and kind of seeing how they think and really offering mentorship is kind of what Alexa said. If they ask a lot of questions and I think that's one of the good indicators, you know, especially if they're young and they're curious, it kind of shows you that they're like a seeing something and someone that you can see like what their potential is, but yes, also how diverse they are, because there are a lot of things that even makes me think, you know, just offering mentorship is not just a one-way street. It's definitely a two-way street, especially, you know, I figured out ways to be like, oh, I could have explained this concept better, explained this concept clearer, and kind of makes me even think about things when I'm teaching things. So Definitely something that I recommend because it is a two-way street if you're offering mentorship. Something that Matt said there, which I think is important, especially for experienced engineers to remember, is that sometimes a younger engineer might be asking you to mentor them without actually asking you to mentor them. You know, like they might just be nervous. They might just be asking a lot of questions. And, you know, we can kind of take it upon ourselves to say, you're asking some great questions. I'd, I'd love to maybe sit down with you once a month and go through any career questions you have or help you set up a plan for how you're going to attack some of these things in your career. And so if, if you're someone that wants to be a mentor, if you feel like you want to give back, and again, I think that there are benefits to this beyond just giving back. I mean, you can really develop some leadership skills, some communication skills, some confidence through mentoring someone. And it's just that sometimes, you know, you may need to have to take that active role in setting up that mentorship. Just to add to that, Anthony, I think if for if you're in a firm or a, a company, I think it, it speaks a lot about you if you are actually helping someone. And if you're mentoring someone, they're more likely to stay in your company. And if they grow, then it's kind of like you're championing them and you can kind of like replicate your success upon other people. So it even from like a business perspective, I guess it, it does help the firm out. It keeps the engineers engaged. And it shows that you help other people out, you help make the team better, you help make the company better. So even from that perspective, but even from a a business perspective, I think it definitely helps uh, everybody out. The civil firm I worked for, they actually put in place a formal mentoring program and they took the time to take applications and they matched us up with uh, different leaders in the firm that could help us in terms of um, our career growth. And they even gave us time each month to travel to another office, which was usually like a you know one hour car ride roughly to meet with them for lunch like once a month. And I, I know as a young engineer, I really looked forward to that quite a bit. Um, I kept a list of questions for that individual and it meant a lot to me in terms of my career, but also in terms of like how I felt about my company supporting me. And I think ultimately kind of to Matt's point from a business perspective too, like building programs like this within your companies can have a tremendous beneficial impact on the company as a whole is the culture of the company. That's just a whole nother avenue that mentorship can help an organization. And so just lots of exciting aspects of mentorship. And I think hopefully we kind of capture them here. And you know, if you're now thinking I need to find a mentor or become a mentor, you know, I think we gave you some really good ways you can start by reaching out to people or by getting involved with the associations to find a mentor, or by volunteering with the associations to become a mentor or you know, become active in your company that way. And I think one of the key things that we learned here, I'd have to say, is coffee and lunch, big helps in mentoring your 
finding mentors. Or- everybody needs caffeine and everybody needs to eat. That's right. So there you have it. I would like to add one thing really quickly, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead, Alexis. So just to build on this idea of mentorship um, being really beneficial to a business as a mentor, as a leader in your company or in your industry, I think it's also really important to, if you're an aspiring mentee, if you're looking for your first mentorship opportunity this year, think about this as that edge over your competition. I think when we're young and we're fresh and we've come from high school and college, we were consistently competing for the best grades and the best seat in the class. And now we competed for a job and now we've landed the job. I think we still have this uh, perception that every role we're going for is going to have a fierce amount of competition. The more I stay in industry, the more I realize your leaders are looking to fill the pipeline with new, brilliant, ambitious folk who want to be the next leaders to step up behind them. And sometimes when you've climbed a little further, when you look back down to see who you want to pull up behind you, you may not necessarily know where to go because there's a gap between that level of leadership and the people they want to start pulling up behind them. And when you as a mentee, reach out to someone and say, I'd like to learn from you. Can we do coffee once every other month uh, to just kind of check in and I can understand a little bit more about what your role is. I'm considering doing this one day. They then have someone who they are starting to become familiar with. They understand your strengths and weaknesses. They've helped you develop. And when they invest that time in you, that's an investment they want to see pay back for them. And it makes you much more competitive in the market. If you are young and aspiring to do big things, I would challenge you to think about this as your own little form of entrepreneurship, even if you're not starting your own business and having this be the edge for your own personal brand. They're championing for you. So your success is their success. Absolutely. So with that, we're going to wrap things up here. And Alexis, once again, welcome to the Structural Engineering Channel podcast. We really appreciate having you on as a co-host, we're excited to have you on. You'll hear mostly from here on out, Matt and Alexis, but I will also be on from time to time, chipping in where I can. We're, we're just all excited about growing this podcast. There are so many interesting topics in the structural engineering industry that we want to cover, and we're excited to do that together. So once again, Alexis, welcome aboard. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, Matt. Really, really excited to join the team. Happy to have you on board. hope you enjoyed the episode today. Mentorship is a topic that's really important to me as someone who's done a lot of work in terms of engineering career and professional development, training, and coaching. I wish more engineers had mentors, and I hope that this episode is a step in the direction to help more engineers find mentors. And it is also uh, just great to welcome Alexis Clark onto the podcast. While I've enjoyed being a co-host, you are going to be in great hands with both Matt and Alexis going forward, and I'll still come back from time to time, but I know that they're going to do a great job in growing this podcast and focusing on the important topics in the industry. Before we wrap this one up, I would like to once again recognize our sponsor for this episode, CSI. CSI produces five primary software packages, SAP 2000, CSI Bridge, eTabs, Safe, and Perform 3D. Each of these programs offers unique capabilities and tools that are tailored to different types of structures and problems, allowing users to find just the right solution for their work. SAP 2000 is intended for use on civil structures such as dams, communication towers, stadiums, industrial plants, and buildings. CSI Bridge offers powerful parametric design of concrete and steel bridges. ETABS 
has been developed specifically for multi-story commercial and residential building structures such as office towers, apartments, and hospitals. The SAFE system provides an efficient and powerful program for the analysis and design of concrete slabs and foundations with or without post-tensioning. Perform 3D is a highly focused nonlinear tool offering powerful performance-based design capabilities. With CSI products, you can be confident that you have the finest structural engineering software available backed by a company with an unmatched record of innovation and an unrivaled commitment to meet the ever-evolving needs of the profession. You can learn more about them at www.csiamerica.com. Please remember you can see all of past episodes of the podcast and listen to them and read show notes at structuralengineeringchannel.com. Again, you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode there, which is episode number 17, as well as links to any of the resource websites or books mentioned during the episode. And you can continuously reach out to us through social media. We want to hear topics. We want to help you grow as structural engineers. Until next time, we wish you the best in all of your structural engineering endeavors.